And now for something completely different. Welcome to Shout Out. Out of the closet and into your ears. Hello and welcome to Shout Out. I'm Andy Shilden. And I'm Steffi Barnett. Today on the show we catch up with Alid and Brigstow. Plus, Steph has been chatting to the Bristol Pride team so you can hear about all the plans for this year. And Queerstory is back today talking about Bayard Rustin. All coming today right here on Shout Out. Hello, one and all. Hello. Hello. Hello, Mister <laughs> Tosh. I um, love the I love the the uh, the background music. It's very very. Oh, you soothing. do. Do, yeah, do, do, you, yes. do you know Do you know where it's from? I do because I've got it on my I've got it on one of my playlists. And, I, and I, you're going to ask you put me on the spot now on air, and, and the listener will be thinking this guy knows. Well, nothing. we did we did this what a couple of weeks ago, and we 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 we, split. we decided we'd have a change because the one that we have been playing we've been playing for years. Is it Caban or something like that? Is it is it the name of the? Well, what, what event is it from? Oh, the event. I oh, know that's not the oh, okay. Uh, Balloon Fiesta. No. The virtual glow. No. That's where, we, that's where I last used it. No. Well, it was first oh, used right. at the Olympics here in London. Well, not here in London. Here in the UK oh, in London. Oh. Well, I've I've learnt something. This show is educational. Yeah. <laughs> it's just kind of like soft, soft, soft that backing. Like stop. You know. It's <laughs> disgusting, isn't it? How dare we educate the listener? <laughs> I, I was thinking of the theme to Gentleman Jack, which is what um, it reminds oh, yeah, me of. Sandy, the time. Yeah. Was it used there? Yeah, it's very similar. Uh, yeah. It's very similar. It wasn't used there, but it's very, very similar. Not the song. Yeah. You mean the. Because there is a song, Gentleman Jack, isn't there, by um, Mahuli and Tito, but they, they sing yeah. that. That's, yeah. yeah, but it's got that, so it's a very similar sound to it. Do you know the first the first little bit sounds like when we stopped doing the intro script is um, it sounds like an intro to a horror movie. So maybe really? that's a good thing. <laughs> How very apt. <laughs> that's what I was thinking, Matthew. Oh, we don't okay. want to fight our listeners. Well, <laughs> well, it may not stay forever. It was just you know you asked for change, so I, I do try and oblige. Um, You've put you him know. off now, Steffi. <laughs> yeah, let's have something dynamic like Telstar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good choice. He's not with us this week. So. No, <laughs> that's a scene. Very good. So, we can have popcorn. Good segue. Oh, no, popcorn. no, that is a good tune. Yep, mm. popcorn, uh, which was first recorded in 1969, mm. I think. Wow. Yeah. Well, something that wasn't recorded in 1969, in fact it was probably recorded a few hours ago, is um, uh, the lovely Alid. Um, so uh, let's catch up with him and going to on in Brigstow. We'll be back in a minute. My five on shout out. Hi, and welcome to the May edition of the Brigstone My Five. You're joined by me, Alid. I hope you're all doing well. 
So this month, I just wanted to highlight one of our other peer mentoring services that we have available, and that is for people who are diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. So following on from the success of our HIV peer mentoring programme, we've now decided to roll this programme out to other long-term health conditions. And type 2 diabetes peer mentoring has been in place at Brookstone now for quite some time. And at this moment, we are recruiting for peer mentors. So if you have type 2 diabetes and you live in Bristol, North Somerset or South Gloss, what our peer mentors do is help other people living with type 2 diabetes take control of their health. They will meet up with someone to share their own experience of living with the condition and they will provide the right information and support to the mentees to help them learn more about diabetes and live well. They will meet with their mentee weekly and during those meetings they will listen to the challenges or obstacles that the mentee may have share their own experience with them of what helps, provide the mentee with the right information and support them to identify goals and work towards them together. At the moment, it is via its virtual peer mentoring, but as restrictions start to loosen up, that will look like it's going to be back to face-to-face. So, Like I said, we are at the moment recruiting for type 2 diabetes peer mental volunteers. Um, You will receive full training, support and regular supervision, as well as being reimbursed for all of your expenses. So um, for more information, then just pop on to our website at www.brigstow.org forward slash diabetes and on there you can find out more about the role description and the application form. If you want any more information though you can contact our type 2 diabetes peer coordinator Robin and you can give her a call on 0117 and just ask to speak to Robin um, and she will happily have a chat with you. So if you or if you know someone who may be interested in helping others live with live well with type 2 diabetes, then please get in contact. Other things that are going on, you know, we are recruiting for runners as well to take part in our Bristol 10K. Uh, that is happening in September the 19th. So if you are an avid runner and would like to do some fundraising for us, we would love to hear from you also. So please do get in contact. Um, pop onto our social medias or just drop us an email at info at brogstow.org. And if you want to follow our socials, then on Twitter and Facebook, it's at Brugstow Info. And on Instagram, it's at Brugstow. But that's all from me uh, this week. Uh, Thank you very much for joining us. And hopefully very soon, as those restrictions start to ease, we can start to see.
seeing some of you lovely listeners face to face at hopefully some events that may be going on during the summer. But until next month, take care, look after yourselves, look after each other. And if you can do anything, be kind. Thank you very much. Bye bye. If you have a story you could tell in five minutes, get in contact. Visit us online at shoutoutradio.lgbt. Shout out. LGBT radio for you. The Shout Out Podcast. That's a Sonic. And it feels um, so good. I haven't had that one in ages. That's a lovely track, that one. I remember when she was at Pride as well. So that was your pick, wasn't it, Steph, that one? Good song. Yeah, I was. the thing is, I was looking through pics of our last live broadcast from Pride and uh, we interviewed Sonique and what stood out for me about Sonique is she took her little dog on stage with her. Oh, yes. Um, and also <laughs> brought her to the studio. I mean, that little dog went everywhere, literally. <laughs> I just yeah, had earplugs. It must have damaged the poor little bugger's ears. Uh, I'm it, sure your two would go everywhere with you, they could. Not in that noise, no. No. Flustered. No. no. That was a brave little dog walking on the stage with Sonic. It was a tiny little dog, wasn't it? Was it a chihuahua or yes, something like that? Yes. No, yeah. it, wasn't, it, wasn't, it was a bit bigger than that, wasn't it? No. I don't know. I was just say it was it was it was quite small, but I was going to say it was one that caused quite a lot of um, issues and tried to knock knock the PC over, as I recall. Well, was that Sonic's dog? I can't remember now. Who's that? Yeah, one? there was only one dog that came into the studio, and it was that, that was his Sonic's dog. Yeah, <laughs> tried to tried to knock the PC over under the, under yes, the desk while we were the while we were trying to do the interview. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Well, fingers crossed we don't knock our computers over now, though I am reassured because I know Matthew's actually printed the script, so if the computer does go. Although you wouldn't be able to broadcast to me to record this, I suppose, if you PC, but I'm going to shut no, up and just, just let you do the news. <laughs> This is Shout Out News headlines on Thursday the 6th of May. LGBTQ people came together with representatives of the African, Caribbean and Asian communities on Friday the 30th of April to remember the 22nd anniversary of the nail bombings in London. The attacks were perpetrated by a neo-Nazi supporter in 1999. Three bombs aimed at marketplaces and institutions used by various minority communities injured dozens during April of that year. The third bomb before the suspect's arrest was at the Admiral Duncan, a popular LGBTQ public house on Old Compton Street in the heart of Gay Soho. Three people and an unborn child were killed and dozens were injured in the attack. The bomber was prosecuted and is now serving six consecutive life sentences at the secure psychiatric hospital Broadmoor. His Royal Highness, the Princess of Wales, visited Old Compton Street some days after the bombing, a royal first to our knowledge, and one which Boys magazine at the time referred to as a princely gesture. You can read a full history of that spring of carnage but also defiance on the pink news website in the weekly African-Caribbean newspaper, The Voice, Adebayo Quadri Adekanbi and Reverend Jude McCoy.
Corley says that it is important that black LGBTQ voices are heard by the government as the state plans on protecting LGBTQ people from the abuse of anti-gay therapies. Adebayo said, I've teamed up with the House of Rainbow as part of my research product at the University of Warwick to ask about the experiences of black LGBTQ plus people in the UK specifically. We're conducting this survey to ensure that black LGBTQ plus people in the UK's experiences are included in the policies to eradicate conversion therapy. And we aim to support the data informing these policies and fill some of the gaps in the knowledge we are producing. You can visit our website for a link to Adebayo's survey. A former Metropolitan Police Constable Benjamin Hannam has been jailed for four years and four months for membership and active service with a neo-Nazi organisation called National Action, who are so far on the political right wing that they were formally banned in 2016 by the then Home Secretary. It's rare for the British government to ban organisations on the far right or the far left. Any extremist group is usually monitored and kept under surveillance in the preference for banning. Hannam was monitored, along with other neo-Nazis, who used a far right wing forum called Iron March, and that's according to the Met Police Counter-Terror Unit. The BBC News Channel reports the cost of legally changing gender identity on official records has been slashed in accordance with a government promise published last year. The fee for a gender recognition certificate is now just £5, down from £140. Women and Equalities Minister Liz Truss told television reporters that the reduction removed a barrier for transgender people. Lee Clatworthy from the national transgender charity Sparkle said that the process remains overly long-winded and a reduction in the cost won't compel more to apply. The LGBTQ community is in mourning, but giving thanks for the life of heterosexual ally Olympia Dukakis, who has passed on at the age of 1989. In the 1990s, Dukakis played on television the philosophical motherly transgender landlady of a group of young people at Barbary Lane in San Francisco, the setting for Armistead Maupin's Tales of the City series of books, which is a classic portrayal of gay life in an American city over 50 years. Dukakis, the daughter of Greek immigrants, was an advocate for women's and LGBTQ rights. Dukakis appeared in a wide variety of films, including the claimed Steel Magnolias and Moonstruck. Ms. Dukakis passed on at her Manhattan home in the heart of the city she had made her own. And finally, it is the final week of Ramadan, the Islamic holy month of fasting and reflection. It culminates on Wednesday with the lunar feast Eid al-Fatir. This year, the feast will take place on a relatively small scale owing to the coronavirus restrictions. But next year, the Eid festival should be more communal. If you want to make a note of the date, it begins on the 4th of April next year. And to our LGBTQ Muslim listeners, we wish you all Eid Mubarak. For these news stories and more in further detail, you can check out our website at shoutoutradio.lgbt. For Shoutout News, this has been Matthew Tosh. Shoutout News. National and international LGBT news for you. Shout out. LGBT radio for you. The Shout Out Podcast. There's a beautiful icon. 
Um, and just a slight correction there to uh, what Matthew was saying in the news. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, Matthew. Ramadan actually starts second of April. Is that what we were saying? Uh, yes, uh, yes, I, I did read it out. I think it's a, it's a fourth of it. It is the Saturday, the second of April next year. That's when the month of Ramadan begins. Yes, correct me if I'm wrong. It gets a bit early every single year, doesn't it? So it, well, it moves. It's all linked to the moon, yeah. so uh, it does. It does shift. Um, so it can. Yeah, it's. Uh, I have to keep looking it up every year. <laughs> it's one of those, isn't it? <laughs> so now, um, something that um, moved completely last year and actually went online, obviously because of coronavirus, uh, was Bristol Pride. Well, it is back this year, albeit in a slightly cut down format. And Steph, you caught up with the team um, earlier, didn't you? I did, and had a really good chat, and they were quite forthcoming, although when I asked about what was planned for next year, nothing was forthcoming except (laughs) it's probably going to be on the downs. (laughs) Good evening both, how are you? Good, thank you. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you very much. Um, right, Eve. Uh, now you're the you're the front man inverted commas. <laughs> so how's how's it been? How have you got through the the cancellation and then um, what we've got planned now? Well, it's been difficult. It's definitely been a challenging year for us all. Um, but we've you know we've tried to do as much as we can for the community. We were online last year, and we've been kind of making plans, cancelling plans, making plans, cancelling plans, replanning um, for the last couple of months and we're feeling kind of really confident with what we've got planned at the moment, which is really nice. Good. Now, we're back in um, Castle Park, aren't we? Just temporarily, um, which is... I quite like Castle Park because it's very, very intimate. I know the Downs is absolutely superb and, and fits the size of the audience that you have. I've got good memories of Castle Park. Um, so, Darren, tell us about some of the things that are coming up at Castle Park. Yeah, so, I mean, it's going to be a really exciting day. And, um, yeah, as you say, like, it's been a really challenging year for our community. So it's just great that we can have Pride back and bring everyone back together and have the community connect in that way, which I think we've all been missing over the last year. And I know it's been a real struggle for some people who have maybe having to isolate with unsupportive family and friends or have come to university and suddenly had to go back home and maybe go back into the closet. So I think it's going to be um, really great for, for people. And the day itself is going to be, as you say, on Castle Park, but we're going to have the parade in the morning as well. Um, so it's going to be fantastic to have the parade take to the streets again. Um, and that's going to be really exciting um, to have everyone come together and be loud and proud and visible again mm. after after the last year, and uh, you'll you'll see that we've uh, you, maybe your listeners have seen that we've got a rainbow crossing being installed. So yes. it'd be great to, to be to be marching over that uh, as we as we head into to Castle Park, and you know it's just going to be a really great community feeling day where we as I say bring everyone back together. That, um, we'll have some roaming performances going round. Um, so that you know it'll be a kind of more of a case that the performances will come to you um, and people can just kind of uh, relax and soak in an incredible atmosphere um, we'll be having a youth area and family area again as part of, of the activities going on um, as well as like food traders um, so it's going to be it's going to feel really great 
Um, and uh, yeah, just really, really looking forward to, to, to being able to have a physical Pride event again this year. Yeah, and I think a lot of people are really looking forward to, to the, the parade, and especially if we haven't got a social distance anymore or wear masks. Have you got a route planned yet, uh, Eve? Yeah, we're going to we're gonna reverse our normal route. We're kind of still in talks about where we're going to start from. Um, but it'll be, you know, very similar route to normal, really. But we'll be ending in Castle Park rather than beginning there. OK, OK, that's good. And I do love the uh, the crossing. Darren, have you put in pressure on the bus company at all? <laughs> um, we, yeah, we've, we've had a conversation with uh, First Bus and I think, you know, it's probably uh, not going to be all the big hopes and dreams that we were looking forward to uh, this year. Um, because unfortunately, I, I think, you know, obviously with uh coronavirus you know the the bus companies are being subsidized by the government at the moment they've lost a lot of money um so i don't i don't know whether we're going to get a rainbow bus this year or not um i haven't heard from them back on that yet um but you know it's, it's definitely kind of one of those things that perhaps might still be in the pipeline but might have to just wait until next year mm. i guess they could borrow one because there's a quite yeah. a few there, well there's quite a few citizen towns with uh, rainbow buses yeah definitely so we'll, we can we can pick up that that conversation with them and see if they've got yeah another another first bus you know in another city or something that they could borrow and bring down because yeah be just another great addition for the for the city and for pride um yeah so watch this space on that one yeah yeah because the the police have already got the the rainbow car i think there's a rainbow fire tender um and <laughs> um i've seen a, a rainbow ambulance <laughs> So they're all there. It's just the bus company, I guess. <laughs> um, now you've got we we go over two weeks um, like we've done before. So um, Eve, tell us what you've got planned over that two two week period. Well, we've got so much planned. Um, everything, kind of all of the pride favourites. Everything from theatre. The dog show is going to be back. We've got some great comedy coming up. You've got the um, the queer vision as well, haven't you? Coming back. Yeah. Uh, uh, so queer that's vision. yeah. And what about the drag stage? Because obviously that was going to be that was a big stage when it was last at the Downs. Have you got something to do with uh, drag planned? We do. We've got a really great cabaret night planned, which is going to be at Lakota Gardens. We've got a really, really great lineup for that, and I'm so excited to tell everyone about it. But I've got to keep quiet for a few weeks. <laughs> well, the excitement is what you've just said that <laughs> that you're excited, and it's actually happening. We've got a drag event, yeah, right. which is uh, which is good. So there's there's tons of stuff then around. Um, does it start after uh, Pride Day, or is it run across Pride the actual Pride Day? It's going to run across it, so it's kind of got the two weeks of kind of straddling pride day this year oh, okay right darren tell us about the evening have we got any evening parties planned yeah so um we've got lots of uh, exciting after parties planned for pride night so obviously pride day is on saturday the 10th of july so in the evening uh we've got uh, the official after party again at the o2 academy um and that's just going to be uh, incredible to to kind of be back there it's it's always i guess one of the kind of like end end of the pride season for me kind of going there and just being able to enjoy and relax a little bit still still some work to do there but uh, yeah just relax and just um you know enjoy the amazing atmosphere we were across three rooms in there um and this year we've got uh, don't tell your mother um you know bristol bristol favorites uh, are opening up the main stage 
um, and we've got a headline set from uh, the Incredible Shapeshifters. So um, that's going to be really, really exciting. You know, we've been doing loads of work for Glitterbox, um, and yeah, you know, just well, well, world famous uh, DJs. So it's going to be great to be able to bring them to Bristol. Um, and then we've got an upstairs room, which is going to be, um, yeah, quite pop, lots of guilty pleasures. So we're working with um, Dirty Pop uh, from over in Cardiff and Athena, the 80s night. They're going to come over and, and uh, take over that room. Um, so that's going to be really exciting. And uh, we've got some special plans for the downstairs room uh, with performances. Um, so uh, we, um, we're not ready to announce those just yet. Okay. So, um, <laughs> that'll be a nice nice surprise coming in a couple of weeks, I think. <laughs> yeah. Well, like you say, yeah. Darren, it's, it's nice surprises, isn't it? It's, uh, it's something that people, even though they're not into, uh, don't know all the detail, uh, they know is going to be a really exciting two weeks for Pride. And I think what's going to be really attractive is that March. I think you're going to have a big March this year, Darren Eve. Yeah, I mean, I think it's yeah, just something that's be really exciting for people to come back together, and you know, it, it, we'll, we'll we'll just see what it's like. I think I know that some people might still be a bit nervous about coming. Um, you know, some people may decide that they want to just you know watch some stuff from home or look at the photos. But I think you know, it's going to be really great to to kind of have an opportunity to come back together. And you know, for for all of us, I think you know, Pride is still very much about the visibility for the community. And, you know, under normal circumstances, that's a challenge for us. And yet, you know, in lockdown, even worse so. So um, I think it is a really important opportunity for us to get back out on the streets and just say, you know, we're here, we're queer. Yep. And uh, make, a, make a load of noise. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And I'm sure you're going to get that, Darren. I'm sure you are. Uh, Eve, tell us the uh, what you've got planned for the uh, queer vision. Have you got anything you can tell us? I'm not sure I do yet, actually. Um, there's going to be a mix of kind of in-person and online events still. We've been doing a monthly queer vision event called Sofa Club, where we've been doing kind of online watch parties and discussions, and we've had some really great directors being part of those discussions. So I think a bit of that will continue, um, as well as some kind of nice big in-person screenings. Okay, excellent, excellent. Now, is there anything Eve, you can tell us about next year. Just a little snippet, maybe? Well, I mean, I think I speak for everyone when I say that I more than hope we're going to be back on the downs. Um, you know, it, it will be really great. I think things are looking good for this summer. And I think by next summer, we should be, there should be no reason why we can't be back on the downs with our big festival as normal, but getting everyone together, lots of stages lots of food lots of great performances um and i just absolutely cannot wait yep nor me i'm, I'm excited already for next year let alone this <laughs> <laughs> um how do uh, people stay in touch with what's coming up eve uh, so websites and social media yeah all the usual places socials just search bristol pride and on our website um, and we've also got a mailing list you can sign up to which kind of is that the best place to get kind of the latest updates from us okay now um it's it, it's always a free event i and i i think you've said that um it's also a free event this year but you're uh, actually doing the wristbands aren't you darren which obviously is a great help for pride going into next year yeah i mean it's it 
been we've talked about how much it's been a challenge for us as you know just even putting events on but obviously that means uh, as a charity and as an organization we've lost lost a lot of money you know in terms of that income that, and support that we'd have you know everyone who comes to pride is so generous in in donating and that's how we can you know work and keep keep pride uh, donation entry events so that no one's excluded just because they can't afford a large ticket price and, and you know that's a value that we we really hold close to our hearts so um what we do is offer our wristbands and we will have those again this year um they'll be five pounds and people can just um get one from our website which is bristolpride.co.uk um and that is um basically the opportunity to to you know give a donation towards uh, keeping pride happening and support us through this really challenging year as we look to to bring back the festival in its fullest capacity next year um and yeah you'll get a nice uh commemorative 20 uh, 21 wristband i had to look at the date there to make sure i'm talking <laughs> about the right date um yeah and and that'll be you know really really nice design and it just shows that you've supported pride um and you know it, it's just going to be really essential this year i think to kind of get out there and support you know not not just the lgbt venues and and pride but all the other events that are going on you know we've all had a really tough year so um if you can um you know get out there and support us absolutely darren um eve uh, food and drink so when people rock up for pride uh, are there going to be stalls where they can actually buy food um, and drink as the day progresses yes there will there'll be food there won't be there'll be soft drinks i think we'll have um the water bar and you know some lemonade or something like that but there won't be a, a kind of alcoholic okay. bar but there will be lots of really great food okay excellent eve russell darren carter good luck with this year's pride and even better luck with uh, getting next year's together as well thank you for your time <laughs> Shout out LGBT Radio for you. The Shout Out Podcast. That's a uh, set your spirit free uh, by uh, Daniel James. Uh, I think that there's something a little bit special about that one. That was kind of submitted to us, wasn't it, Steph? Yeah, well, I had a chat with Daniel on um, a platform called True Speak, uh, which is where artists, authors, uh, broadcasters all get together to have a, a chin wag. And um, he was part of that. Um, he said the songs about um, our emotions during lockdown and our hopes are coming out of lockdown on um, uh, the end of June. Um, so, so it's all about um, the actual lockdown and the, you know, the all of us praying that we do come out of it in June and don't have to self-isolate, uh, don't have to wear masks, and mm. uh, we haven't got, we can hug. That's the but biggest thing for me. Do you think masks will go in June? I wonder if masks will be around for a while. I don't know. I'm just hoping. Yeah. yeah, it is. But I'm just hoping that come June the 21st, it'll all drop. And I think for me, if I got to wear a mask, that's fine. But it's the hugging. Yeah. You know, it's that physical contact when all of us get together. Um, hugging your friends. It's just, yeah, it's just a reinforcement of the love you feel for friends and family, isn't it? You know, it's, and we've been missing that. <laughs> Uh, I try not to hug Mr. Tosh. I might crush him. <laughs> Thank you. Too kind. <laughs> it's more to do with my size than you, mate. <laughs> so, anyway, I um, think, 
I think, think Matthew's a little bit more robust than that. Oh, he's no. Yeah. I'm a very delicate flower. Thank you, Steph. I appreciate your concern. <laughs> Uh, anyway, um, Queer Street is back this time um, talking about Bayard Rustin. Hello and welcome back to Queer Street. Today's pod is about Bayard Rustin. Bayard was central to the black civil rights movement and a proponent of non-violent protests. He was a friend and mentor to Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and the principal organiser of the landmark 1963 march on Washington for jobs and freedom. He was a Quaker, an openly gay man and an advocate of gay and lesbian rights. Rustin was born in Westchester, Pennsylvania and raised by his maternal grandparents Julia and Jennifer Rustin as the ninth of their 12 children. Growing up, he believed his biological mother was his older sister. His grandparents were relatively wealthy local caterers who raised Rustin in a large house. Julia Rustin was a Quaker, although she attended a husband's African Methodist Episcopal Church. She was also a member of the National Association for the Advancement of Coloured People, NAACP. NAACP leaders, whereas W.E.B. Du Bois and James Weldon Johnson were frequent guests in the Rustin home. With these influences in his early life, in his youth, Rustin campaigned against racially discriminatory Jim Crow laws. One of the first documented realisations Rustin had of his sexuality was when he mentioned to his grandmother that he preferred to spend time with males. She responded, I suppose that's what you need to do. In 1932, Rustin entered Wilberforce University, a historical black college in Ohio operated by the AME Church. Rustin was active in a number of campus organisations. He was expelled from Wilberforce in 1936 after organising a strike and later attended Cheney State Teachers College. He became a Quaker in 1936, shortly before moving to New York where he lived most of his adult life. He was known by all as a pacifist and a primary influence in bringing non-violent resistance into the American civil rights movement, much inspired by Gandhi's approach in India. In his own words, Bayard said, My earliest memory of having anything to do with the civil rights movement is indelible because it's one of the rare memories I have of my father, who died in 1970. He was lying on the sofa in the living room of our small apartment watching Dr. Martin Luther King's funeral on the television following King's assassination in April 1968. I was nine years old. While I have only the fuzziest memory of the black and white images on the TV screen, I will never forget the tears streaming down my father's face. It was the first time I'd ever seen him cry. My real introduction to the civil rights movement came in junior high school. My choir teacher, who was African-American, led a concert every year in honour of Dr King on King's birthday and included in our rehearsal discussions about the history of the movement. In 1941, he joined the Pacifist Fellowship of Reconciliation. He protested against segregation within the armed forces and worked with the American Friends Service Committee to protect the property of intern Japanese Americans. Despite his membership of the Society of Friends, Rustin was jailed in 1944 for his conscientious objection to cooperating with the draft. While in jail, he organised protests against segregated seating in the dining hall. In a letter to the prison, he wrote, 
Both morally and practically, segregation is to me a basic injustice. Since I believe it to be so, I must attempt to remove it. There are three ways in which one can deal with an injustice. A. One can accept it without protest. B. One can seek to avoid it. C. One can resist the injustice non-violently. To accept it is to perpetuate it. Rustin travelled widely and obtained five years of university schooling at the City College of New York and other institutions without taking a degree. It is said that he became a foe of racial segregation and a lifelong believer in pacifist agitation. Rustin was arrested in California in 1953 after he was discovered having sex with a man. He served 50 days in jail and was registered as a sex offender. While his sexual orientation resulted in him taking a less public role, he was hugely influential within the civil rights movement. In an article titled Remembering Bayard Rustin, the man behind the march on Washington, Rund Ebdafata shared that in the mid-1950s, Rustin became a close advisor to the civil rights leader Martin Luther King Jr., and he was a principal organiser of King's Southern Christian Leadership Conference. In August 1963, Rustin became the chief architect of the March on Washington, a huge demonstration of rally to support civil rights legislation that was pending in Congress. In 1964, he directed a one-day student boycott of New York City's public schools in protest against racial imbalances in the system. Rustin subsequently served as president of the A. Philip Randolph Institute, a civil rights organisation in New York City from 1966 to 1979. Soon thereafter, he became involved in the gay rights movement. Run shares on the morning of August 28, 63, in Washington, D.C., as the sun began to, began to peak over the horizon, it was very quiet on the National Mall. Too quiet for organisers of the historic March on Washington. Nobody knew exactly how many people would come, recalls Norman Hill, a young activist and labour leader at the time. Organiser and transportation director Rachel Horowitz estimated 90,000 people would be there based on the number of buses that had been chartered. But by the end of the day, an estimated 250,000 people from across the country had marched on Washington. The crowd were uplifted by the emotional strength and prophetic quality of the address given by Martin Luther King Jr. that came to be known as the I Have a Dream speech, in which he emphasised his faith that all men someday would be brothers and his hope that one day his children would live in a nation where they would not be judged by the colour of their skin, but by the content of their character. The rising tide of civil rights agitation greatly influenced national opinion and resulted in the passage of the Civil Rights Act of 1964, guaranteeing equal voting rights, outlawing discrimination in restaurants, theatres and other public accommodations involved in interstate commerce and encouraging school desegregation. Run stated that just a few weeks before the march, Rustin had come under attack. He was an easy target, a socialist, a pacifist who refused to fight in the war and went to prison for it, and a gay black man at a time of intense homophobia. He'd been attacked before for being gay, each time forcing him to retreat out of the spotlight. This time the attacks came on the floor of the US Senate. The segregationist Senator Strom Thurmond accused Rustin of being a sex pervert and draft dodger. 
He hoped by discrediting Rustin he'd also put a stop to the march, but soon after the director of the march and prominent leader of the civil rights movement, A. Philip Randolph, gave a press conference defending Rustin and the march went on as planned. Rund said that Bayard Rustin was a sum of many, sometimes contradictory parts, and while his contributions are often overlooked, he was instrumental in the movement and the architect of one of the most influential protests in American history. In a way, that was his greatest gift, the ability to imagine a different world and rally everyday people to build that world with him. Those who knew him remember his charisma, his kindness, his slight British accent and his tendency to break out into song. And they remember him as a master strategist. For decades before the march, Rustin had been organising protests, marches, sit-ins, spreading the gospel of non-violent resistance long before Dr King came on the national stage. In fact, Rustin's surviving partner, Walter Neagle, describes him as a mentor to Dr King. For the remainder of his life, Rustin turned his attention toward issues like economic injustice, gay rights and anti-colonism. He received criticism from some within the civil rights movement for his political views, namely, namely his tepid opposition to the Vietnam War. His conservative stance on things like affirmation action and his support of Israel. He died in New York City in 1987 on the outskirts of the movement. In 2013, Baird was posthumously awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom. In 2020, Rustin was pardoned for his 1953 conviction. To finish, I would like to share some of Baird's own words. If we desire a society of peace, then we cannot achieve such a society through violence. If we desire a society without discrimination, then we must not discriminate against anyone in the process of building this society. If we desire a society that is democratic, then democracy must become a means as well as the end. The only way to reduce ugliness in the world is to reduce it in yourself. And lastly, to be afraid is to behave as if the truth were not true. Thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Queer Story. I will be back in two weeks' time to share another story with you all. If you have any feedback, why not tweet us at shoutout underscore radio. For information about Shoutout Radio, visit us online at shoutoutradio.lgbt. Shoutout. LGBT Radio for you. The Shoutout Podcast. Now, that's one I'd not heard. That's called a Cinema. And that's by uh, Benny Banassi and Gary Go. Uh, that's a... Is that a new one, Steph? Or is that one you've had for a while? No, it's absolutely I've not a new not one. heard it that was, before. Uh, no, I was playing that a long time ago when mm. H&H was Late Night Friday on um, Gloss FM. Oh, I like that one a lot. I know Benny Benassi because he, uh, he did the one... Satisfaction. Oh, yeah, scene, that's it. it yeah. It's a similar sort of baseline, yeah. actually. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I but that, that is literally about... That's literally about liking watching the cinema. <laughs> yeah. You are my cinema. 
Or is it about watching you because you're my cinema? I don't know. It's whatever you want it to be, Andy. Whatever you want it to be. Up for Well, you know, at the, at the moment where we're all in lockdown, Steph, I'm going to do shout out. You technically are my cinema, you know. Oh. <laughs> right. And, well, um, wide, wide screen, yes. Six, yeah, 16, <laughs> yeah, 16 saying, by Andy? 9. <laughs> Yeah, 3,848 <laughs> lines. Uh, surround sound, 5.1. Um, <laughs> God, uh, how much Steffi can we cope with? Surround sound, 5.1. <laughs> actually, um, actually, Andy H, it's um, probably more Dolby Atmos. <laughs> oh. Uh, you can't come, come with all the bangs and whistles, do you? <laughs> oh, of course. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, hey, tell you what, we'll have to make a trip up to when they go, when they paint the crossing on Wine Street, ready for yes. Yep. Yeah, we can all go up and have our photo um, taken on it. Yes. Go down yeah. on the water. Just like Abbey Road. So. So anyway, lovely to have you again with us this week, Mr. Tosh. Uh, but that is it for this week. Uh, looking forward to Pride. Um, if you want to find out more info, it's all on their website, bristolpride.co.uk. Uh, for more about Shoutout and to listen again, check us out on shoutoutradio.lgbt. Uh, we're carrying on doing things Pride. Next week, we're catching up with Western Supermare Pride to find out what they're up to. Um, but from myself, from Matthew, from Andy, from Steph, from Hans, and the rest of the team, say bye bye, everyone. Bye. bye. Shout out. LGBT Radio for you.